Put your hands together for your friend and my friend, Johnny North. Let's pray before we get started. Lord Jesus, let us have a great night. Um, let this go well. And amen. Good. I was born in a Christian family. Okay. <laughs> my sister was busy my caregiver and everything. Not my natural mom or my dad wasn't at the time. Or at that time. And Jesus helped me get a new family. So, I think. I moved in when I was five and a half with my new parents. I was officially adopted March 10th, 2000. I was seven years old at a time. In 2004, I was filled with the Holy Spirit at Friday night service at Mary Camp. That when I was drawn closer to Jesus, grown closer to Jesus. See people, service people. I have been on 11 mission trips. Mission trip really changed my life, especially Iceland. I have been to Iceland seven times. Iceland is family made of friends. Find people, find people. I work at talk, I work at Home Depot. I talk about Jesus all the time with my customers and coworkers. When I was in school, I talked to, about Jesus to my schoolmates. When I worked at Taco Bell, I did the same thing. After I got back from Haiti, I was definitely sick for nine for a couple of days. And then, anything else? That's it. I'm uh, really proud of that young man. Um, like Johnny said, he was uh, five and a half when he came to live with Debbie and I, and it's been an amazing thing to watch him grow. Uh, from, well, at five and a half, he weighed 30 pounds. Um, I, I know two-year-olds that weigh that much, and he couldn't talk, and obviously he's gotten over that. Um, he got over the 30-pound thing, too, as you can tell. But uh, anyway, uh, Johnny is part of my story tonight uh, that I'm going to share a little bit later. I, I have to tell you, I've, um, I do a lot of missions trips and things over the last 20 years. And every year I, I take these uh, people on missions trips, and I always put them on the spot to share their testimony. Amen? You guys that have gone with me, do I do that? Yeah. And Jeremy asked us a couple weeks ago about sharing our testimony, and I've been preparing my testimony over the last few days, and I cannot tell you how difficult it has been for me to prepare my testimony. Um, because there are so many things that God has done in my life over 
over the years. Um, I, and I'll start off like, like all the Pathfinder guys do. Hi, my name's David, and I was born at a very young age. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, actually, it's true. I was actually young at one time. Jordan, it's true. I, <laughs> I, did, I was the youngest of four kids. I, I have a brother who's six years older than I am, and another brother. Uh, my, my brother, Steve, lives in Toledo, Ohio. He has a ministry to people that are homeless, and he's six years older. And I have a brother, Jim, who lives in Tulsa, and he's been in ministry. And then I have a sister who's two and a half years older than I am. And uh, she's her, her husband is a pastor. He was my first roommate at Central Bible College. And um, my dad was a preacher. My grandfather was a preacher. So we, we come from a long line of preachers. And I was raised in the church. I mean, literally raised in the church. When, when I was about two or three years old, I actually um, stood up on a pew during one of my dad's sermons, I tore my shirt off and I just screamed, I am sick and tired of church. Um, that's not a cool thing to do during your dad's sermon. I, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> but but I, was I was raised in church. But at the same time, and some of you might think, you know, I, w I wish my parents were preachers. But even though I was raised in church, um, I had a really tumultuous childhood. Uh, my parents fought a lot. I mean, screaming and hollering. And I remember my sister and I standing, um, just kind of crouched down at the top of the stairway in the apartment that we lived at, at the seminary that uh, my dad went to. And um, my mom and dad in a screaming match, and I, re I remember my mom throwing this glass plate across the, the living room, and it's shattering on the wall. And, and I remember just being a terrified little child. And I was so shy, and so it just, I, I was scared. And I was just really totally alone. My sister and I kind of clung on to each other, but I didn't have friends, and um, we, just, we didn't have a good family situation. When I was growing up, I, I had this recurring dream. I, I'll bet I dreamt it hundreds of times, and I won't go into the details of the dream, but over the years, kind of what I've gotten out of that dream, and I still remember it very vividly, but what I got out of that dream that I had over and over as a child was that I was the one who was going to make my family fall apart. I never felt like I could act up. I, I, I was very well behaved. I never did anything wrong because I felt like I was the one who was going to make it all fall apart because everything was always so on edge. Um, when I was about six or seven, my mom tried to commit suicide. She was watching me and a neighbor boy, and um, she... She left us in the apartment and went to a storage room down below the apartment at the seminary and swallowed a, a bottle of pills. And I, I didn't know what was going on at the time, but I, I remember it very clearly right now how frantically people were looking for her. And I remember someone saying that they found her downstairs. And I remember an ambulance coming and taking her away and visiting her in the hospital. I didn't know why. It was a psychiatric hospital. 
But my mom and dad, they, they really wrestled with God. They, they wanted to know God. They, they weren't satisfied with just like the status quo. They, they didn't want the pad answers. And their faith, however strong or weak it was at the time, it had to be theirs, not just their parents. They, they weren't satisfied with just taking some, something that someone said and saying, okay, yeah, okay, I believe in Jesus. You know, they, they, their faith had to be something that was deep from inside of them. But through all of that stuff, through it, throughout my childhood years, my teen years, in, into adulthood, I was alone. I was just totally, totally alone. That's one of the reasons that I think Emerge is so important, because we are a family made of friends. I didn't have any. I wish that I had had a group like this to be a part of when I was your age, but I didn't. And sometimes I think you guys might take for granted what you have and the opportunities that you have presented to you in this place. I really hated being a preacher's kid. Uh, and when I got into my junior high years, seventh and eighth grade, um, I did everything I could to prove to my friends that I wasn't a Christian. I cussed and I, you know, I never did drugs. I never drank. I've never tasted a beer. Uh, I've never done any of those things. But during that time in my life, it was my goal to prove I wasn't a Christian because I got made fun of because my dad was a preacher. Then in ninth grade, we moved to a little town of 210 people in northern Ohio. Patterson, Ohio. Anyone ever heard of Patterson, Ohio? Yeah, we, yeah. my wife's been there. And Johnny's probably been there once or twice. 210 people. And um, it was during that summer before my ninth grade year in school. And that was the summer that my life changed forever. I went to... Uh, a Methodist youth camp up on Lake Erie. It was Camp Lakeside. And I, I had never been to youth camp. And um, it made me really scared, really nervous, because I was so shy. But something happened to me at that youth camp. Um, that wasn't where I gave my heart to Jesus, but something happened to me that, that sparked something inside of me that, that just started to grow and grow over the next several months and made me contemplate my relationship with God, which I had never done before. That summer, um, my, my dad was pastoring uh, three Methodist churches. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go longer than Johnny here. I, what made this so hard to get ready for was narrowing it down <laughs> um, because I have so many things to say, but I'm not going to say them all. Amen? <laughs> Um, anyway, my dad was pastoring three Methodist churches. Um, they were all about five miles apart, so uh, he would preach at 9 o'clock at one church, jump in the car, run to the next one, preach at 10 o'clock at the next one, 11 o'clock at the next one. Uh, and he did three churches every Sunday morning. And <clears throat> the, the three churches um, had, uh, like on Thursday nights, we would have this uh, softball get-together. And it was just y'all come. It, it wasn't a league or anything. It was like if you had 80 people there, you had 40 people on a team, and y'all played all at once. It, it was just totally for fun. And we were playing ball one night, and there was this little red-haired kid. He was about 11 years old. His name was Kenny. 
Um, we had never seen him before, but just from a distance in the park, he, w- he was watching us. Please, your attention up here. Thanks. He was just watching us from a distance. And then the next Thursday, we saw him again, and he worked his way a little bit closer. And then, like, the third week, he, he was up at the fence, and we invited him to play. And then he started to come every week, and he'd play ball with us. And then he started coming to church. And um, I'll, I'll make this story as short as I can. But at, after several months, uh, Kenny started getting really sick. And I believe he had turned 12 by, by this point. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And uh, to make a long story short, they found out he had a brain tumor. He was 12 years old. They did brain surgery. Um, they shaved his head bald. That really embarrassed him. Um, but it, it was an amazing thing to watch the way that Kenny lived his life. Because during that time, he gave his heart to Jesus. And... I, I remember visiting him at the hospital and, um, and just hearing him proclaim his faith at 12 years old. It's like, I just want to go be with Jesus. And, and God had healed him. And then about two years later, a year and a half later, um, he got another brain tumor. And it, we'd go to the hospital, and one, one night my parents just felt like they needed to take their shoes off because they were on holy ground because God's presence was so powerful in that place. And um, he'd say things like, I just want to praise the Lord or I want to go be with Jesus. And, and I, I watched this. Um, a young person actually living out their faith in real life. And I remember um, I was at a wrestling meet. It was um, December 23rd. 1977, I believe it was, and um, I, it was about an hour before my match, and there was no one else in the gym, and I just sat on the bleachers, and I said a prayer for my friend um, that God would take care of him, and I remember looking up at the clock, and it was 6.25, and um, when I got home, my parents were there, and I knew something was wrong, because they had been at the hospital around the clock, and Kenny had died about 6.30. But watching him live out his faith really changed my heart. And um, actually, that was 76, I think, because it it was November 11th, 1976, at a a service at Patterson United Methodist Church that I made up my mind once and for all that I was going to serve Jesus Christ no matter what. it, It wasn't... The preacher saying, if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, raise your hand, you know, yeah, well, I want to do it. And, and then I go home and everything's the same. I had spent months from the time of that youth camp up until that service that night making up my mind. And I had, I had just decided if I do this, it's for keeps. No matter what, I am going to serve Jesus Christ every single day, no matter whatever happens to me. And that night, I made up my mind. The next year, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. God healed me at least twice that year. I had a vision. I, I don't have time to tell you that vision, but, but I saw with my physical eyes something that was happening in the spiritual realm. I know that sounds creepy weird, but it happened to me. I graduated early from high school and went off to Oral Roberts University. I got involved in Rangers, went to CBC, um, had just 
so many different things have happened to me through the years in my involvement with with Royal Rangers and in different ministry things. I was a youth pastor and a children's pastor at Susquehanna Assembly for a couple of years. Um, I felt a call into missions. And, and God has done so many just miraculous things in my life that I, I think back on, on what he's done in me. And, and back to those early years where I was so terrified and so shy that I couldn't even look someone in the eye. And I, and I certainly couldn't get up and speak in front of anyone. And I look at what he's done in my heart. And, and Jeremy talks about how, how uh, growing people change. And, and that's what God's done in my heart. He, he's changed my heart. I've, I've worked for 35 years with people with disabilities. Um, that Debbie and I got married. It'll be 20 years ago this fall. And it's been such an amazing journey that we've been on together. Uh, our business, it, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> it's, and yet it can be a real joy sometimes. But that's how Johnny came into our lives. And some of the greatest spiritual lessons I've ever learned have been in working with people with disabilities. Some of the greatest spiritual lessons I've ever learned have been from my own son. I, I've told you the story before. There's two stories I want to tell you about Johnny. Can I, is that okay? Do I have time? I have time. I've gone really short. <laughs> Two stories that um, that have taught me things about God from from my son. I was uh, back in 2003. I, um, I I'll make it short, but I I found out I had a problem in my spine and my neck and. The doctor said I could go paralyzed at any time. I, I had this thing where all of a sudden my leg would just kind of start jerking every step I'd take. And it was because my, my spinal cord was flat. And um, Debbie and I went home and we were just uh, it, it, finding out that I was going to have to have surgery. And we're home and we're making phone calls and trying to make arrangements for all these things. And we hadn't said a word to Johnny, but... When I went in to pray with him that night, um, it, he asked me if I'd lay, lay down by him on his bed. And I, I did. And he's like, Dad, are you having surgery? It's like, how'd you know? Because we haven't said anything. And um, he, he said, Dad, are you coming home? And everyone he had ever cared about had disappeared from his life. Are you coming home, Dad? And I did my best to reassure him. Um, and we prayed together, and it was a couple weeks later. Um, it was before the surgery. Um, he told Debbie, "I have to take take off school on January 30th." It's like, well, why? Well, my dad's having surgery, and uh, she's like, "Well, you know, he'll have the surgery, and when you get out of school, you can go see him. It's all good, you know." He's like, "No, I have to be there. My dad needs me." And I, I wonder what God could do with a group like this. You guys right here, you guys and you girls and men and women, what he could do with us. If we determined in our hearts that we were going to be exactly where God needed us at exactly the moment he needed us to be there. That we were going to hear from God what he wanted us to do 
and that we just go do it. My son was determined to be where I needed him, when I needed him. And I think I need to determine in my heart that I'm going to be where God needs me, where God wants me, when he wants me there. And the other thing, um, I've, I've told you this too about when uh, Johnny, we got the call that Johnny's biological dad was on his deathbed. And Johnny decided he wanted to go see him. He, he was really upset. He wanted to hear his dad say, say he was sorry for the abuse and everything. And we didn't make it in time. His dad died while we were in the waiting room. And we went in to view the body. And Johnny just stood at the head of the bed looking at that man who had been so abusive for so many years. And he just stared at him for probably 10 or 15 minutes. Didn't say a word, just looked. And, and we were getting ready to walk out of the room. And, and he got to the door to walk out of that room where that that man was and he turned around and he walked back to the head of the bed and and he looked at him just for another minute and he later on he said dad you know what i said to him when i went when i walked back in the room and i was like no what he said i forgive you and it didn't really matter at that moment that he never heard the man say he was sorry but he made up in his mind and in his heart that he was going to forgive someone who did horrible things to him. And we could all learn a lesson from a man like my son, John Nor. Um, he's an amazing man of God. God's done so many things in my life. It was four years ago next week that I almost died of a nosebleed of all things. Were any of you around at that time? That, that was crazy weird. Um, I lost over half the blood in my body, literally. Um, and God saved me. And uh, I, I look back at the missions trips, uh, the sheep story. I wish I had time to share the sheep story with you. I read it last night for the first time in a long time and got all teary-eyed all over again. Or um, I, I think back to a missions trip to Alaska back in 1993, and our, our team, uh, we, it was more Royal Ranger oriented at that time, and we're wearing Royal Ranger t-shirts and ball caps and things like that, and we were at a McDonald's in Sitka, Alaska, and we see this guy across the restaurant wearing a Royal Rangers baseball cap. <laughs> And, I mean, we all kind of noticed, but no one really said anything to him. And after a while, he came over, and <laughs> he looked at us. He said, could you please tell me what Royal Rangers is? I was like, dude, you're wearing the hat. <laughs> he says, I found this in the city dump two years ago. And, and I have no idea what it is. Be, because God prearranged for this guy to find that hat two years ago. He brought his kids to the kids' crusade every night. I don't know if they were some of the ones that came forward for salvation, but wouldn't it be just like God to do that? I, I've seen so many miraculous things, and God has allowed me to be a part of so many amazing things. And from being just this shy, terrified little kid who was convinced 
that he was going to make everything fall apart, God has changed my heart. I've learned that I can be a part of a family made of friends. I've learned that found people find people. It's been so cool to lead these guys on these mission trips and watch them be bold and share their faith and lead people to Jesus Christ. That save people, serve people. It's so cool to see you guys do things like you did Sunday morning and the different service kinds of things that we do. And I've learned that growing people change. And that I don't have to stay terrified and shy. But that I can allow God to use me in whatever way he chooses fit. What I've, that's what God has done in my heart. I have no regrets in serving Jesus Christ. Absolutely none. I have regrets in things that I've done in my life. There's things that, that I wish I had never done. But in making up my mind to serve Jesus, I have none. Absolutely none. Have any of you ever seen the movie Secondhand Lions? Cool movie, isn't it? <laughs> I, at, at the very end of the movie, when, when this boy who had been raised by his uncles, um, this, this kid who had heard all the stories about his uncles over the years, um, he, he looks at this kid and says, so it's true, they really lived? And, and the light kind of came on for that kid, and he says, yeah, they really lived. And I think that's my story tonight. I've really lived. I am so thankful to God for what he's done in my heart and what he's done in my life. And that he could take a misfit like me who didn't fit anywhere and choose to use me for his glory. And he can do that for you too. That's my story. And I'm sticking by it. The thing I, um, I don't know, you guys know a lot of our leaders, or most of them. Um, a lot of our leaders aren't upfront people. They're not, like, real comfortable standing up here in front of you guys and sharing their story. But here's the deal. We've all got a story to share. 